Recording in progress. It's the Integrateness Podcast with Jason and Jolene. Once again, I'm Jason. She's Jolene. Today, we're touching on a topic I think that a lot of us deal with uh, from time to time. I know I went through it back in December big time, and that is burnout. Yeah. Burnout. <laughs> Which is a... A word people don't like to talk about, but it's a condition I think a lot of people find themselves in. I know almost every occupation I've had, I have either fallen victim to or come across others who have fallen victim to burnout. And it's a real easy thing to find yourself in without even realizing you're buried in it. Jolene, what are your thoughts on burnout? Have you ever felt like dealt with burnout in any capacity? Scanning the Rolodex inside my head as we speak. Yeah. And it's funny, right? As you said that, I was like, I don't know if I can identify with a time when I actually realized I was in burnout or if I even have been in burnout I can look back now and be like fuck yeah I totally was at that point but I don't think I ever would have identified it as back then so as a social worker we talk about this a lot especially in government work um, just huge risk of burnout because you've just got big caseloads, you know, lots of things. I deal with the same thing in my biz right now, but I'm in charge of it all. And it has a different demand and flow based on me calling the shots, right? Um, government work, it was very different. Um, and just the, the emotional and mental um, capacity one has to hold in this kind of job. But it's interesting because I look at the different different times of my life and I've always been a very busy person. You know, we talked about this in kind of previous episodes, just like I'm pretty high energy, you know, um, I, I am fairly productive. And again, a lot of that was unhealthy patterning around worth being linked to productivity and productivity, keeping one busy and kind of avoidant of the things that are uncomfortable. Right. So even through a lot of my own, like, healing journey and slowing things down over the last couple of years, I've been able to look at things, but I also think I have been able to juggle and keep a lot of things in the air at the same time, simply because one has to. So having a very demanding career, regardless of, you know, what job I was in, but also very demanding family life. And then also a really stressful relationship for like 13 years of that. Um, I'm surprised I did not collapse at various different stages of that. What I can say, I can't say that it would have come in a form of collapse because I refuse to let my empire fall. <laughs> okay. I've worked really hard for it. And I think that's probably why, but where that burnout probably was expressed in my life was through lack of satisfaction, lack of joy, probably irritability, resentment, difficulty sleeping, um, keeping busy and preoccupied in maybe the wrong ways, right? Um, I think that's where burnout would have came for me because as I started leaning into things in the last couple of years, um, you know, I remained very busy and very productive building my career through my separation because I needed to know I could support my kids as a single mom. And I just needed somewhere to channel that intense creative energy and blast myself on, on the path I'm meant to be on. So I really took that momentum, but then this year I slowed all of that down and I just maintained instead of kept building. And with that, I allowed myself more room for peace, more room for flow, more room for space, way more scheduled days off where I didn't take days off in a row before, but then I started to where I'd spend more time at the lake this summer and things like that. And it's through that, that I really noticed like, whoa, yeah, that candle was burning at like all 17 ends. Well, that, that's something here for to actually give a definition of burnout for those that aren't aware of it. 
is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job, or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And I know I had that at the newspaper big time for probably, it was a 10-year journalism career, and I'd say the last ten, five years were like, you know, in a state of constant burnout because it was just a job, being on the crime beat, on call 24-7, you know, getting called out at like 9 o'clock at night to get a story in by the last deadline, which was 11, and having to go to Chase to do it because there's a police standoff, right? Like, just such a degree of just like, go, 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 go with no stop. And then the last couple of years, I'm kind of, in a sense, um, when COVID hit, that's when everything that I was doing kind of took off in its own weird way. So and it was a good way to distract from the fact that we were in a global pandemic and that society could crumble at any time. So it was like writing three books in two years, running an entire YouTube channel, so overseeing a good eight shows that were constantly in a state of pre, pre-production, production, post-production, plus Two of those were ones that I was actually directly involved in. One of them required actually going out and filming. So it'd be filming on location, then categorizing shots and, you know, then putting together a script, figuring out a story for that. And then, you know, going through the whole scoring it, making sure it was edited properly and getting it all done in time. And so that was like more than two years of that. And it was when everything kind of came to an end uh, in late November, there was like about a week where everything was fine. And then it was just like, huh. Like literally, you know, in those cartoons when the kid, the person just falls over and just collapses. And so complete collapse and then trying and not wanting to engage in any of it, even though it was all stuff I love um, and needing to take a good month break from just stepping away from everything and not dealing with it. So what what did you find? How did you deal with that 17 candles burned at, at all ends, Jolene? What'd you do? You know, it's interesting when you when you talk about that definition, it's funny because I'm like, man, you know. In current day, I feel like the burnout was not in my work life. It was in my home life, right? Um, so I encourage people to think about that. Like work was the place of peace for me. It was the thing that I did have control over in terms of like how I could manage the flow in and out and kind of what was demanded of me, especially now that I'm my own my own boss, right? And, and an entrepreneur. So it was always that balance of my own creativity and my, my own personal desire and demands to grow. But then, you know, also client load coming in as well. But I feel like it was my personal life that was the burnout piece, again, specifically family life in a lot of ways, because I couldn't manage the demands. They were all required of me for a, a huge part of it, right? Um, so for me, it was, I mean, boundaries were a huge thing, but I had, I mean, again, like you can set as many boundaries as you want, but unless people are going to respect them, right? So that was a thing. Like I could set boundaries all I wanted, but if people kept stepping on them, eventually one must get rid of the people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it came down to, right? Because I mean, I can say like, oh yeah, I implemented boundaries, but I also work with a lot of people who are like, yeah, so do I, but people keep stomping on them, right? So then it was like, then you got to change who you're around, what's going on. So everybody knows what that was for me, right? But um, I would say like those were big pieces. And then I got to redefine how I participated in life, what that looked like. You know, now it was like, I'm doing all the same things I did before. And now I'm not resentful that somebody else isn't here doing them. So it's not like my workload changed. It was my now, like, I know I'm doing this on my own now, right? 
So the resentment was instantly gone. There was nobody else I was, you know, holding resentment towards for not participating or things like that. Right. So for me, I would say like, that was a big piece. We have to pick and choose. And these are hard decisions. You guys, like people have left their jobs. People have had to leave family members or situations or significant things in their life. It's not always that extreme, but sometimes it is right. Then it was about picking and choosing. And again, this is where mental discipline comes in huge. And it's about like choosing self, choosing, you know, learning how to say no and not fearing rejection, not fearing that other people are going to, you know, see you as not cooperative or like, oh, she's such a bitch, you know, but really just being honest and open, you know, like Jason, back in December, when you were like, Jolene, can you, my burnout is at its max. Do you mind publishing the episodes or things like that? When you're able to like front load it with that, people take that way less personally and they want to help you. Right. So again, it's that learning to ask for help and recognizing like, I'm going to state my limit here. And then I'm going to let other people know so that they can choose to respond in supportive ways or not. And often they will respond in supportive ways. I very openly would tell people throughout the last couple of years, like I'm not participating as much, or you won't see me as much because I'm processing some heavy stuff right now, because my interaction, you know, on social media or in my personal life or in my DMS with friends or whatever, it, it ebbs and flows. You'll see me for periods of time. And then I kind of disappear for periods of time. Again, that's like the Pisces in me too, right? Like I'll talk your ear off. Like I'm on crack cocaine or else I'll go all hermity like a Buddha. Right. <laughs> um, but, but essentially like if I can front load that and be honest with people about that, it just makes more sense. And they can kind of step in and participate as well. People are usually willing to give you a hand. And I find that in workplaces as well, where we can kind of help support each other in all of those things. Right. And I think that's, you're right. That's where that honesty needs to come into play. Right. Like, and, and it's, it's funny. And then the way you need to know it when you say if it's your job that you need to kind of get out of your job or even I guess in a relationship that's burning you out is when you go to ask for that help or support and you don't get it. Mm -hmm. Like I remember the paper saying, you know, I've worked, I can't do this anymore. I can't be the crime reporter anymore. And I can't work the Sunday to Thursday shift because the Sunday shift, I'm the only reporter on and you're responsible for the entire paper. And their, their response is, well, you're so good at it. Yeah. Like that was literally it. And you're just left there going, what, what the fuck? Like, you they're know? Change. If they're not going to change, what was your final decision? Who had I bet I took a uh, six week stress leave right in yeah. the middle of summer when everyone else was supposed to go on vacation. I was like, but fuck you guys. And then I, then I started plan plans to leave the paper. It just shut before I could actually get out. Yeah. So we can ask others to change their behavior all they want to accommodate us. But very often it's going to be us having to make that hard decision, which was leave a job, leave a relationship, whatever these things be. And that's where it really comes down to like, you need to choose you, you need to honor you. And like, the, that's the hardest decision for me. It was heartbreaking, right? Like there was a quote and it was like, sometimes you have to make a decision that will um, break your heart, but save your soul. And that was like tattooed on my brain that year because it was true, right? What was happening for my family, but essentially I had to choose me. And through that, everyone else was able to essentially have a better outcome, you know, even for my ex, like he, I, I believe he has a better outcome without us together in some ways as well. Right. Like, so looking at some of those things and for you, like the job was not listening to your demands. They just kept, you know, piling it on or whatever. So it was like, shit, like I can express my needs as much as I want, but when the other party is not 
honoring that it's about me. I have to be the one to change that. And so many of us stay in that position and don't make that decision. Like there are so many scenarios in our life and and no judgment here. Like that is, those are the hardest places to be. And those are the hardest life-changing decisions. They're also the most rewarding and they're usually the ones that are the most necessary, right? Um, the more stuck we are in a decision, it just shows how heavy and important that is. But then recognizing like, don't shame yourself for it. Don't feel like you failed. And that's often what, what makes it hard for us to kind of be really honest about where we're at and to say like, I can't do this. I need help. Those are all, you know, quote unquote, use my fingers here, um, points of weakness or, you know, especially when we're proving ourselves in our career and stuff. But I just think those are really beautiful pieces that, you know, set appropriate boundaries. They, people respect that, right? You're showing what your limit and your worth is like, no, I am already at maximum capacity. And now I'm going to teach you how to treat me better because I'm going to treat me better. Right. It's kind of like, People can't necessarily love us until we learn to love ourselves and then teach them how to love us. Same thing with our capacity. People don't really know what our capacity is until we know what our capacity is. And then we can show them this is what my full limit is. Otherwise, they're just going to keep piling it in. And we live in a culture right now that is all about the grind, right? The rise and grind and you got to work your ass off. We've talked about this on previous episodes. Like, you, you know, you, you work, 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 work until you just can't work anymore. And, you know, with our technology, work can follow you home. Some people have chosen to work from home now, right? Or they're like yourself who's, or us who are entrepreneurs. And there comes with that like a expectation that you're going to just bust ass all the time. The downtime isn't isn't something you should have you should it should be work or the job or whatever your career is and that should be most important um but i think we're starting to see a change in that uh, and you talked about that a few episodes ago more than a few now jolene um with with the, where the pandemic came into play is that people found a lot more balance between yeah. their work and their life and it almost they, their life is it's not a job or and then home life it's almost like a lifestyle that you choose it incorporates both of them in a way that works for you and i think that's the way Hopefully there'll be far less burnout, but more productivity on people's parts. Yeah. You know, and the image that comes to mind for me, I'm such a metaphorical kind of person, but the image that comes to mind for me is like, there's two ways that you can float on water. Okay. Two ways you can stay above and not sink. Okay. What are your two ways? Do you know, Jason? No, I, I'm curious to hear what you've got. You can tread water, right? Yeah. Imagine yourself in a lake or an ocean or, well, maybe not an ocean because we're a little more buoyant there, but uh, imagine yourself in a lake or deep end of a pool. You can, um, yeah, like, like, uh, <laughs> pedal, pedal your legs. Dog Paddle your legs, but like, yeah, treading water. So imagine like my hands are moving really fast right now. My legs are moving really fast, right? We're treading water. That's fucking exhausting. Or we can lie down on our backs and do nothing. Starfish. Both are achieving the same thing, which is staying above water. And I think there's a lot of us that have been treading water that were forced to roll onto our backs because we were going under and we have recognized, wait a sec, I can do the same thing even better, even more effortlessly this way. And it's a balance between the two. There's times where we're going to need to tread water. There's times when we're going to need to swim. 
are we swimming against the current? Are we swimming with the current? Are we holding on to something while the current's ragdolling us? Like let go of that and let the current just take you float on your back and let it take you to the next place. I often think about life as this flow, right? I know exactly when I'm hanging on to that fucking tree root and it's like, oh, I'm just thinking about it right now. Like Jolene, listen to what you're saying. Right. And it's like really hard to let go of some things. Right. Um, and then, you know, recognizing like I might have an idea that I want to swim over there, but that's not where the current's taking me. And I need to trust that like where this current's taking me, there's going to be something there and I might not know what it is, but it's there. And like, what is the path of least resistance? What's the easiest way we can get there? And yes, when we want to achieve things, you know, I know. I've worked really hard for a lot of the things I've had in my life, but I also recognize when that felt easier, smoother, less resistant, and when that felt super forced and pressured. And I, I still got outcomes in both of them, but they felt very different. The processes felt different, right? And now my goal in life is to get to where I'm going through the path of least resistance in the most peaceful, flowy kind of ways, um, that don't feel like I'm making the job harder. No, and that, that's a great way to, that's a great, I like those metaphors there. Thanks. Um, I think, cause it's true. I mean, when you're on a path in life and it's the right path, it, it things are easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's still challenges and trials and tribulations, but it's a lot easier than when you're just constantly butting your head against that wall to get there. I think a lot of people, and this was someone, something that I fell in, into a trap of, is you mentioned earlier, like that sense of worth attached to your achievements. So it's a constant, there was a constant state of always, you know, you, you don't take the time to appreciate what you, the success you've had. It's like, okay, I did that. What next? And then it was a, this constant, like moving forward when it's just like, wait, hey, just chill a minute. Like just enjoy the successes you've had, right? Have that gratitude for, for what you have achieved. Um, so learning to do that. But there are also other people that seem to have this sense of, they don't want to miss anything. So they commit to 1000 impossible things that they try to do. And then they burn out because they've tried doing everything. And it's like, well, you, you kind of Matthew McConaughey actually said this. Um, cause he, he said, you got to kind of pick three things that you're really good at. You can't be like, you know, the, the, the family person and then the actor and the novelist and the producer and the filmmaker, what are the three things that are the most important to you? And you focus on those things. That's why he kind of disappeared. He's not as, as busy anymore because he picked three things instead of the five things. And I think that's something to really give thought to as well. I love his book. I love that you just referenced him. Uh, Green Light, such a good book, you guys. Uh, I, I got the hard copy, even though it would be dreamy to listen to him on Audible. Hello. <laughs> um, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, he's got a great voice, but I really wanted to see like his original journal entries. Um, and I think you would have a profoundly new sense of respect for that man as a human being. He is very wise. Um, so it's cool. It's like an autobiography, but it is so much more. It's it's almost like a self-help kind of teach book as well. And very fascinating to learn about his life, the kind of childhood he had. He had a rough ass Southern family. Um, and he has embarked on some like really difficult self-disciplined moments throughout his life. Um, and I really appreciate the kind of man that he is today so check that book out if people haven't I love too that it's 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 a male um and and there's a lot of men that like enjoy reading that book and can identify with it actually I, I give my book to a lot of um my male clients to check out uh but yeah it's also like Warren Buffett 
he talks about like, pick your top type five, you know, kind of goals in life or something like that. And he's like, now drop the bottom four and like focus on one. And again, it's about like, where are we diluting ourselves? When we take on too many things, we are diluting ourselves. And that's where I've always had this work-life balance between who I am as a therapist and who I am as a mom. And when one starts pulling more of my time than the other, one gets shorted. And I, I recognize that. And that's where like in the last little bit, when I've decided like, maybe I want to invite some more company into my life, I'm like, I'm going to have to learn to juggle that as well, because I can't have it steal from different, I have to find a new like three-legged balance there, right? Because right now it's pretty much just like family life and, and work life. Right. But eventually I'll have to kind of balance a third in there ideally. Um, so looking at that, right. And, um, where, where am I getting diluted? And we do, we pick up all these little side things. I used to have side hustles all the time that I finally let kind of dwindle away. Cause I was like, I just want to focus on this thriving career. The other ones, they're great, but they really just take away time and energy now, right? But they served a purpose when I needed them and I needed those resources, people, opportunities in my life at that time when I was distracting away from some other things that I was struggling with, right? No, yeah, and that's a good point to make is that, you know, we these are things we learn through trial and error in life and everything, you know, we've talked about, we talked this maybe not on the show but just when we're chatting like you know everything happens for a reason and it's all an opportunity to learn and so you get to a point where say we are now where you kind of go like okay i don't need to do as much i want to focus on what's really important to me and just stick to those things and by doing that i think you'll hopefully we will find less burnout coming through in the future <laughs> right Right. Like, so I had like a pretty thriving Tupperware side biz that helped me on my um, kind of maternity leaves and stuff. When I had a hard time just being at home, being a mom, I really wanted social connection and purpose and things to keep my mind mentally sharp. So being an entrepreneur there and being creative and really it was always about enhancing other people's lives and make their life easier by just sharing how I was living. Um, those were big things. And I earned like a free trip down to South Carolina, down to Myrtle beach. And it was a beautiful community of supportive women, but that was also at a time where I was so lonely in my marriage. I had zero connection with my, um, with my ex at the time. And we just would parent. And then when the kids went to bed, we would separate. And there was just this huge void. So I know that that served a purpose for me in terms of connection and worth and significance and being seen somewhere because I wasn't seen at home. Right. So I recognize that served a place and a time for me and that I just don't need it anymore. And I tried to hold on to that. That was like one of those branches in the river I tried to hold on to because I really appreciated the connections and there were still customers that wanted, but then I was like, this is a pain in the ass. I just want this. This is, I'm just going to let it dwindle now. And I was okay letting it go. Right. But it was interesting how I wanted to kind of maintain that, even though it didn't have the same purpose in my life anymore. So we talked about that in previous episode here about when we need to let some relationships go and when certain things in our life have served their purpose. And I think it's really beautiful to recognize that like, cool, I don't need this anymore. Right. And, and that was all really supportive at the time. And then I also look at like the way I ran that business and where that business knowledge came into play when I started like having to market a therapy business. Right. So it all worked out and they were all transferable skills. And I really think, you know, I've done that since I was 18 with a lot of side gigs, cause I've had a few of them over my years and they all built me into the person, whether it was building that social network, whether it was building the entrepreneur mindset, um, the creative outlet, balancing things. It was always giving me more tools in my toolbox to like the place I'm at right now, which is something I've always really appreciated. I was like, you know, that was such a random thing I did, but like, man, the nuggets of like connections that I got out of that 
or knowledge, or maybe there was like one opportunity that was kind of like a golden ticket from that, that I bring forward into like my end goal, my end prize, if that makes sense. And I imagine your endeavors have all been very similar, Jason. Oh, exactly. exactly. I was just thinking that as you were talking while I was listening to you at the same time, it was like, you know, I went to, you know, I did uh, like back even in college, like a speech taking course. Yeah. Which I was terrified to talk in front of pe- people. I did speech taking and I did acting and those have served me well doing the presentations I do now. Then I went to film school, which, gee, I've applied that to the stuff I've done on YouTube and even stuff I learned writing screenplays was very much in line with writing news. You know what I mean? So everything kind of led to one thing to another thing. And, you know, if I hadn't gone to film school and it had, the career hadn't worked out, then I wouldn't have gone to England and had that experience of adventuring off of my own, which, you know, it's just everything is there for a purpose. And you just kind of got to see it. So there's no waste of time. So yeah, don't beat yourself up when you've taken on eight impossible things and had to drop seven of them. They're all going to help you out later. Just next time, don't take on eight impossible things, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm like goosebumpy head to toe as you talk about that. And I love that when that happens, because it's always just like a great sign that like, ding, it's just yep. like it mark from spirit there right but yeah it's just you know recognizing you it might not make sense to you now but it will make sense eventually yeah and 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 it, it's it's the awareness of like again for me one of the craziest things that I have to manage is my excitement and my desire to learn new things try new things how I get all these inspirational ideas usually around the full moon here we go right I've started like creating a ton of reels for this next month because we're rolling into all that time right now, but essentially, um, I get all these creative outbursts and then I'm like, when the fuck do I have time to do them? And that's like kind of my entrepreneur sort of difficulty right now is like, is, is always having to juggle and balance those things. Because sometimes when we feel like so much of our life is consumed by chores and sometimes motherhood felt that way for me, it was, it was, especially when my kids were really young, it was like a one-way street of delivery. Right. Um, I would need something that filled my cup in return in different ways. So I would want, you know, uh, like this is what inspires me. So I'd stay up till midnight doing it because it was exciting or I saw progress in a different way and things like that. Right. So it's about balancing. You might be excited to do it. They might be positive things like social interactions with people or all these wonderful things. But again, they're using up social bucks. They're using up energetic bucks and they're using up financial bucks often too. Right. And mental bucks. Mm-hmm. The mind can only juggle so many things. Like we like to think we're as a species, we're great multitaskers, but we're really not. Something suffers if we do too much of it at the same That's time. Like, speak for yourself. <laughs> Tasking here. And they say, like, I think women are like higher risk for dementia and stuff. I'm like, yeah, because we're burning this shit out all the time. Like, yeah. And and that's also like the difference between men and women's brains. I remember watching this thing years ago and it was like women will like have doors and file cabinets open and they got all this stuff. If you were to look inside our brains and men, it's like one cabinet open one file and shut. And there we go. Here's my one file right now. <laughs> yep. And then we'd move on to that. We take care of that file. Then we move on to the next file and then we move on to the next file. Yeah. And actually that's a really great example of like, if you catch yourself multitasking too much and I feel really ungrounded at times like that, when I find myself in a space where I'm like, I go to, let's say I go from my kitchen to downstairs to get the jug of milk, but then on the way I find some socks on the stairs and then I walk to the laundry room. But then in the laundry room, I found um, somebody's uh, something from their hockey bag. So then I go to the garage and put it in the hockey bag. And then like, I didn't get the fucking jug of milk, let's be real. And I'm in all these moments of like, 
distractibility, but also very strategic, like putting shit back where it belongs. Right. Um, when I'm in those moments, I really am like, Oh, I got to take a second to ground here. Like I can't focus on anything. Right. <laughs> because again, I came down for a jug of milk and that's because something's cooking on the stove right now. Like those are <laughs> classic moments in my life where it's quite I'm quite able to do all of that stuff, but it's not a desired state to be in, right? It's way more peaceful to just go down and get the jug of milk and go back upstairs and deal with the rest of that stuff when it needs to be dealt with sometimes, right? So good reminder for other people, like how many files, how many tabs do I have open in my brain right now? Do I need to close some of them because they're interfering with the processing speed for this task at hand? And that's why, like when we talked about that in the meditation episode and stuff is finding some time during your lunch break to like take that 10 minute recap, put things together, and then you can focus on the task at hand because when you've got too many tabs rolling around, um, all of that is using up your battery 10 times faster, right? And again, when we're talking about tasks that we need to do and burnout rates, that's just going to maximize burnout capacity, right? Hugely, hugely. So yeah, just, and it's just funny. My wife does exactly the same thing. And then she gets mad at me when I'm doing a task. And she's like, why didn't you see like the socks on the ground or this and the things like I was taking care of the milk. You know what I mean? Like I'm just taking care of the milk. The rest will just sort itself out later. I don't care. Oh my God. Boom. And it is, it is the difference in our brains too. So appreciate that. We are not shaming each other. Right. Or saying one's better than the other, but we are like, uh, you know, the men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing. We are biologically different beings and we are supposed to be, but when we know that about our partners or we can like know that about ourselves, maybe there's certain things we can do to like help the other, uh, the other party with some of those things as well. Right. Or we can be more aware of it in terms of like how much it's hijacking our day, our attention and all of those things. Right. Things to consider. Things to consider, which brings an end to our our burnout episode because the Zoom clock is ticking down. But we also want to let you know that in two weeks, there will be no more Zoom clock. Because if you remember our drunken Christmas episode that Jolene and I recorded live together, episodes in two weeks will start being recorded live together in person. So we're not beholden to some dreaded Zoom clock. Just FYI. There we go. Yeah, a few good thoughts on burnout there. Hopefully that'll help you feel less burned out moving into February. Amazing. I think so too. Um, So anyways, Julian and I'll be back next week with a whole new episode we haven't figured out yet. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.